The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good Monday. That's what I meant to say. Far from morning. Oh, it's, it's a Monday. But, uh, yeah, we're trying to recap what happened and pick up the pieces after what happened on Saturday in Salt Lake City between Utah State and BYU. Frustrating that uh, Utah State just could not hit a shot to close out the game. Um, and just, I mean, the, what were their only points coming at the free throw line in the last couple of minutes? Uh, just shots that they normally make. Some nights that happens. Uh, but uh, frustrating that it happens whenever Utah State seems to play BYU. I thought it was a great atmosphere. Uh, big, big kudos to all the Utah State fans who showed up. I thought it was a great Utah State crowd that was there. Uh, I was literally right in front of the uh, Aggie students, and so we had a great uh, atmosphere where we were at. It looked like it was a, a great atmosphere generally. I, I did hear of a few scuffles that broke out in isolated spots. No way, in really? In the arena, which is unfortunate. Um, I heard a few people posting some things on Twitter that there were some verbal exchanges that took place. And that's inevitable when you have two rival yeah, fan when bases in the same to arena. Each other, dude, it's just it's going to happen. Yeah, but I despite mean, that, I thought it was a great event. And someone, a great crowd. Someone calls them lame instead of Nephi, and you get really <laughs> mad as BYU fans. And you know, they said their their uh, you know their uh, their buildings are in Salt Lake instead of. Provo, it's going to upset BYU fans. I had to edit everything I was going to say there because I didn't want to offend anybody. Yeah, but no, it's no good. look. It's it's it is. It, it's a rivalry. It's it happens. And when you sit fans next to each other, it's just how it is. Um, they didn't fix it. So, I, and 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 by the way, this 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 classic, from what I've been told, is not going to continue. Like there is no desire to renew this ever again. This is it. Right, there's, there's nothing, at least in future planning, yeah. for this, um, which is too bad. I mean, if it's the only way that Utah plays Weber State, it's the, if it's the only way that Utah plays Utah State, then it's it's really sad. It's really unfortunate. Sure. If the Beehive Classic was the only way to get that to happen, then it is a tragic loss. But uh, Utah State does still have plans to play U- Weber State. They still have plans to play BYU. They have schedules and contracts set out for the next several years. Problem is they don't have plans to play Utah because no. Utah doesn't have plans Utah to play them. Keep stuck in the Aggies. Yep. But it was a missed opportunity for Utah State to get another uh, solid win yeah. against a good team. Uh, the net rankings were released for the first time this season, and uh, Utah State comes in at number 47. Which isn't bad. And BYU's at 42? BYU comes up, yeah, a little bit higher than that at 42. Okay, so people who are curious of what the net raking is, all right, or how it works, um, as it, as explained, it's, it's a ratings power index, which is made up of three components. A team's winning percentage, average opponent's winning percentage, average opponent's opponent's winning percentage. Keeping up. Then that includes more components than just winning percentage. It takes into account game results, strength of schedule, game location, scoring margin, net offensive and defensive efficiency, and the quality of wins and losses. 
Right. A, a, a win at a neutral site doesn't count as much as a win at on a the road. home site. Yep. Which and there, it's there, there's kind of a Aggies pecking order. Yeah. There, if you win a game at home, that's one thing. If you win a game on a neutral site, that's a little bit better. If you yeah. win a game on the road, that's even better than that. So this was an opportunity to beat a team, a decent team, on a neutral site, and Utah State wasn't able to get that done. So Utah State has two losses, and according to the net rankings that were released today, St. Mary's is a 64, and BYU is a 42. Wow. So, but okay, so those are teams that they've lost to. What about teams that they've defeated? Yeah. Uh, going down the list, holy crap, North Carolina's 95? North Carolina's lost like three or four in a row. Yeah, but man, that's, that's, that's brutal. So LSU Uh, is the feather in the cap right now for Utah State. They're ranked 26th in the net rankings. Besides that, it's really not a whole lot of anything. Yeah, Weber State's 292. (laughs) Montana State's 220. Oh, Wyoming's 289. Denver's 306. Where's North that? Carolina A&T is 252. Oh. UTSA is 270. North Texas is 98. But San Jose's a 268 and Fresno State's 219. Where's San Diego State? San Diego State, who Utah State has not yet played, comes in at number three. Yeah, well, that's why I ask, because we play on January 4th. Number three, though, huh? So, okay, here it is. Ohio State and Kansas lead them, and Gonzaga is at six. Huh? Baylor is at five? Yeah, San Diego State definitely leading the charge for the Mountain West. Yeah, I no kidding. Uh, New Mexico is 57. By the way, that team is going to move up in this thing, I think, too. That's, that's a, that's a good basketball a team. team. Yep. Uh, UNR, that's Nevada, Reno. They're at 94. Boise is at 100. Now, just looking at their other teams in the Mountain West. Colorado State's at 140. Then there's another big drop-off from there. Fresno State's 219. Air Force 224. UNLV 232. San Jose 268. And Wyoming, an embarrassing 289. Go, Wyoming. Keep up the great work. The big surprises for me are there's really... Two that jump out at me the most. Okay. That San Diego State is so high at number three. Yes, they're undefeated, but number three? Again, dude, it's opponent's winning percentage. Too. Like, There's a lot of factors into it. Yes. And then the other thing that jumps out to me is just how poor UNLV is. I thought yeah. they would be much more competitive than they have been. They've, they've been yeah. bad. They've been really bad. And do you know who else is bad? In Fresno State. They're not that good either. They lost to UNLV by one, by the way. I thought Fresno State would be a little bit better. I'm really surprised. And where was Nevada again, you said? 94. 94? I think Nevada might move up. Nevada, New Mexico, they have opportunities to move up still. Utah State, certainly, if they can take care of business this week, they should take a, a nice move forward. By the way, the teams that they face this week... South Florida is at 176. Florida only at 78. Really? They've had a pretty they've had a struggle though. They haven't quite hit their preseason expectations. Yeah, that would that be putting it lightly. <laughs> um 
I but uh, again, it, it, if the Aggies can come out of this uh, this road trip, right, South Florida, Florida, and UNLV. Uh, I mean, with with Eastern Oregon, I'm not going to count that, but with UNLV in there, if they can come out of that three and zero, they're going to move up a lot. Because then you get ready for San Diego State to come on in January fourth. Uh, Florida is receiving votes in the AP Top 25 poll. They're receiving seven votes. Wow. Uh, they are not receiving any in the coaches' poll. And we got, what, 14 votes, right, in the AP poll? Uh, Utah State is getting 14 in the AP, and they're getting 21 in the coaches. Yeah. It'd be nice to sweep this road trip coming up. That'd be huge. Does Utah State get back into the top 25 if they do? Mm-mm. They have to beat San Diego State. Yeah, beating South Florida, Florida, and UNLV ain't going to do it for you. You got to beat, beat San Diego State, too. And that game, by the way, is going to be a barn burner. <laughs> that game's going to be freaking... Uh, if you can get to that game, if you can get tickets, I do it right now because that game's going to be sold out the week of, I can guarantee you. I can absolutely guarantee you that game is going to be sold out. If it's not already... Yeah, yeah, and if if and by the way, with the holidays coming up, I wouldn't be surprised if people are realizing who San Diego State is right now and saying, "Oh my gosh, get our tickets right now." Uh, by the way, St. Mary's, the team that Utah State faced earlier this year, they're receiving eleven votes in the AP, and they're receiving also eleven votes. Excuse me, they're receiving thirteen votes in the AP and eleven in the coaches. Thirteen in AP? Is that what you said? Yes. Wow. BYU receiving one vote. That's it. In the AP Top 25. That's it? Yikes, dude. I'd be ticked right now if I were them. They have four losses. Yeah, but they're quality losses, man. They're not losing to Joe Schmoes here. I mean, at Kansas. So the net rankings are important, as you talked about earlier, Ajay. This determines... uh, This is what the the selection committee really looks at. Mm -hmm. Because it takes in a lot of different factors. It's not just RPI. It... The margin of victory is important, though anything more than 10 points, they don't really yeah, pay they, that attention mm-hmm. to because they don't want everybody blowing teams out. Correct. But um, if it is 10 points or more, that does matter. And Utah State had quite a few games earlier in the year where they were blowing teams blowing out. Blowing teams out. The problem with it is, is the teams that are blowing out weren't that good. No. You you needed to do a little bit more <laughs> with 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 I mean St. Mary's would have been an awesome win St. Mary's would have been a really 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 big win BYU would have been place. humongous yeah it would have meant more yeah that's but, why like this road trip coming up really means a lot for their net ranking we're we're seeing a team that had a lot of hype AJ but when they've played good teams they've struggled they're they're one and two against. Teams that are above all right, one hundred. Okay, okay, okay. Me, they're two and we, two for teams above one hundred. We need to calm 100. down there. Okay, so they beat LSU and they beat North Texas. We need to calm down. But they've lost to St. Mary's and BYU. Eric. Okay, I had the same discussion with a certain coworker in this very, like, same building, and he is the most pessimistic, like, fan I've ever met. He is so pessimistic about. If if the Aggies were to go thirty two and zero and win the national championship, he would find every bad thing about that. That is this coworker, Mister Pessimistic Aggie. That should be his Twitter handle. <laughs> uh, so I don't want you to be pessimistic, Aggie. 
I want you to be perspective, Aggie. What was that look for? Uh, keep going, and then I'll tell you. Oh, okay. Uh, I, have, I have reasons to be optimistic, but it has nothing to do with Utah State specifically. Okay. Is it your fantasy football team? Uh, so with that, when they lost to St. Mary's, they are missing who? Namish Keta and Kuba. If Namish plays, Utah State wins by 12. If Kuba plays, they win by... 12. 8. Yeah. 5. Sure. They win. They win. They win. So, and that was as St. Mary's where they played their guts out. They lost by 8. By 8. And really, they lost by 4 because free throws, you know, down the stretch. Uh, And then they lost to, what, BYU? Who BYU just... I mean, look, it's just one of those games where BYU shot extremely well and Utah State didn't. It's one of those games where Utah State... Has played a chunk of basketball within like the last two weeks. I mean, and are honestly dragging their feet getting to BYU. It doesn't, doesn't. Hasn't everybody played a lot of basketball over the last two weeks? Not like you. Well, I mean, look, the schedule that Utah State plays and the traveling that came with it has been worse than BYU's. Has been a lot worse than BYU's. Going to Utah and playing at Salt Lake City is a lot less taxing, Eric, than going to Jamaica. Coming home and going to St. Mary's, coming back. They went to Hawaii. They had a tournament in Hawaii. Like how early? Okay, sure, it's fine. It's but still, but, it's a but, four or but five still, hour and then Utah State, right? Before, I mean, they've had one. What? And then, and then they went back to California, then played Fresno State, finally at home, then got St. Catherine before they played BYU. I'm just saying their schedule's been a lot more taxing than BYU's has. Now, with that being said, they need to split this Houston-Florida trip. They either got to beat South Florida or beat Florida. They can't go 0-2. That's that's unexcusable. You think splitting is more likely than sweeping? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see him sweep. I hope I'm wrong. If they want to be considered a top 25 team, they got to win them both. If they want to be considered a... Uh, a high seed in the NCAA tournament, they got to win them both. Why? This is their last. Why? Why, dude? Why? Last, well, I don't want to say it's their last chance because they're going to play San Diego State in the tournament. In their uh, Eric, last year we play. lost to Houston, BYU. Uh, who else did we lose to uh, in, in in the uh, preseason? Because we lost to what Nevada and Fresno. No, Nevada and was it no San Diego State at. San Diego State. Who else did we lose to in the preseason last year, Eric? Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. We lost to, again, Houston. Uh, we lost to we lost the to BYU. We lost to Arizona State. We lost to Arizona State. By five. Lost to BYU. Yep. Lost, lost to, to Houston. Houston. And that was it. So they lost to, and they've lost to BYU, and they've lost to St. Mary's without two of their big men. And now they go back on the road and have to face St. Mary's in Florida in a cross-country trip. South, South Florida. South Florida. Florida, sorry. It's just asking a lot. But if they do, like, and, and, and shouldn't we be asking a lot of this team? If they don't this trip, it doesn't knock them out of being a high seed. If they don't sweep this trip, it doesn't eliminate that, that potential. 
Now, I'll say losing to Florida is better than losing to South Florida, though. True. Absolutely. If you have to split, it's the game on Saturday. Yeah, you need to win South Florida. If you lose to South Florida, we might be looking at a problem. All right. right, What was the look about? Big news. Ooh. Big Big news coming in. Do we have the ABC bumper? Just. Breaking news with Eric Franson. It was very, very dramatic. Uh, big news coming out. This affects this really. I guess in a way, it does affect Utah State. I, I misspoke. Fox Sports is going to replace ESPN for Mountain West football and basketball games. What? Fox and CBS deals will pay the conference a combined thirty-five million dollars or so annually, and that's up significantly from where they were before. Chris Murray reporting that Sports Business Daily, uh, with more details, each team in the conference, minus Boise State and Hawaii, will get about $3 million annually. That's up from $1.1 million under the old agreement. Wow. Holy so that's a significant pay increase. Crap. And ex- I think an exposure opportunity. Absolutely. What's been going on with Fox has been pretty impressive. Yeah. Fox is... I mean, Fox flagship and Fox Sports 1. Yeah. So, would that mean... Hold on. Okay, so we, we're a Fox Sports affiliate. A minus B, correct? Yes, okay. So, would that mean, Eric, that if a big-time Mountain West game is on, that it would be on this station or no? Do we not air games on this? Like, like if we I'm, have a Fox Sports Radio contract, but it's for their talk shows. Oh, so not for games would be for okay. games. It's a different agreement okay. that they have. Which we've been doing some college football, which has been cool. Yes, it's been fun. Okay, but radio radio is different than television. But dude, that is wow! What a find. Okay, cool, good stuff. Sports Business Journal again reporting that uh, the Mountain West is leaving ESPN, moving to Fox. They still have a deal with CBS, but it's a new new media rights deal. And uh, Fox Sports reaching agreement to carry a package of the games. Um, CBS Sports Network also renewed its deal. But it's worth a combined $35 million annually. That's about $20 million from CBS, $15 million from Fox. Uh, the, the term, like how long this goes, that's not known. But uh, it's the Sports Business Journal reporting that Craig Thompson has said that he wanted shorter terms than the 10-year deals that the Mountain West previously had. Now, Chris Murray notes that, I mean, you're will be getting less exposure and $4 million less than the AAC but a two million infusion is a lot of money. That's uh, yeah, that's big. Yeah, you'll take for a the school $2 like Utah State. Yeah. That helps a lot. Again, the exposure is not there like ESPN has. But Eric, here's my question. Here's a great question for you. Does that eliminate eight thirty p.m. games? Uh, it has that potential. Uh, it definitely does. Now, here's the interesting thing: Boise State and Hawaii they have their they have separate deals. So Boise State. 
Looks like they still have a deal with ESPN. Ah, uh, fast we're still probably playing them at 8.30. But everything else could be changed because... Uh, yeah, again, according to this uh, r- report on Sports Business Daily, um, the per school figure should jump to about $3 million, $3 million or more. Boise State's home games are negotiated separately from the rest of the conference. That was a deal made to keep them in the conference when they tried to go to the Big East. But Boise will continue to receive a bonus above what other Mountain West schools get as an incentive to keep the Broncos in the league. Hawaii also has a separate deal as it's a football-only member of the Mountain West, so they don't receive as much as the other member schools. So Fox now has deals with the Mountain West, the Big 12, the Big 10, Pac-12, and Big East. Hmm. But ESPN will continue to have the bowl relationships with the Mountain West. That's fine. I don't care about that. And work with the league in early season basketball tournaments. Which could be interesting. So anyway, big news for the Mountain West Conference. Getting paid. Fox is uh, being more aggressive in what they're doing for uh, football coverage. So you'll probably see more games on Fox Sports 1. Now this deal begins July 1st. So you'll still see games on Fox, on Fox, Fox Sports 1, CBS Sports Network. And if you're playing a home game at Boise State, then you'll probably be on one of the ESPN channels, family of network. Hmm. So there you have it. I'll take it. That's, uh, that's good news. Yeah, I'll take it. I know that, uh, yeah, Commissioner Thompson was has been talking a lot about renegotiating deals. He's been working on this for several months and uh, finally got it done. Good point. I, I think Fox Sports does a, does a nice job. Hey, uh, off topic, um, we need to talk about my rights. So as you post my image and likeness on Twitter of me being wrapped up in toilet paper, from you, who did a really crappy job, actually. Yeah, what was that all about? Did you have a bad day in the bathroom? No, you forced me to play a game that I didn't want to play. <laughs> I did not force you, you to do me. anything. You forced me. You Look, grabbed my prizes arm on the line. and pulled me into the group and forced me to be wrapped up by toilet paper like, like a mummy. And then you didn't even wrap me up. You freaking made me look like I just went to like World War Three or something and came home. Hey, we won, didn't we? No, we didn't win. We lost, didn't we? No, I thought we won. I think we lost. I don't remember. I was spinning around in circles. Yeah, dude, you look like you were going to throw up. And then you put, caption this, RJ Salvi, on Twitter. <laughs> so everyone just starts going wild. Yeah, we had some great responses. Oh, I'm sure you didn't. I'm sure you, I mean, that's... We've had some fun uh, office Christmas parties here. One person says, what are you talking about? I wasn't asleep. Looks down. Ha ha. Very funny. Uh, one says, it's the cummerbund. I'm going to make the rest of the toilet paper tuxedo now. <laughs> Bully. Uh, did you read D. Jones? No. Did he? I didn't see his. What did he put? Do we have to edit it too? Cause nope. He... Nope. You don't need to edit it. 
I can't find it. Where is it? What hey, did he say? Hey, idiot. They go on the inside. Oh, fetch you. <laughs> you moldy corn dog. Uh, uh, Bullyingism is a problem. Mitch Henline, that feeling when you're auditioning okay. for the Mummy musical, but you forget shut your Shut it, lines. Mitch. Just shut it. Forget your lines. Shut it. Because the look on your face, you're like dejected. Well, yeah, because we lost, and you didn't even do a good job. <laughs> you just look like you're lost in space. Like, what just happened to me? Why am I wrapped up in toilet paper? Yeah. And you had me spin around 20 times. I had a headache, and I felt sick. Absolutely sick inside. You were, like, just turning in, like, no, I on was your doing, feet. You're like, I had to be running you, in circles no, around you. You you had one job. Just wrap the toilet paper around me. So I spun the opposite way. You spin way, one way, I'm but running then, the other. Yeah, and then for some reason, you, like, for you like would purposely grab the toilet paper and, and rip it and stop. You kept breaking it off, so And I then keep, keep going again. That's why we lost. That's why we lost, Eric. Holy crap, did you see what Mike Conley just did? So, there's a video of him giving out gifts to these kids. And it's Xbox. Three, yeah, it's Xbox. Holy crap. Wow. Good for Mike. Nice dude. That's cool. I know George Niang did some things earlier uh, this month. Giving away a lot of stuff to some families in need. It's always cool when you see athletes doing things like that. Hey, by the way, when you see Bobby Wagner, he's up for man of the year. The, oh, the yeah. The Seahawks nominated that. him to be man of the year in the NFL. Did you, did you also see who's up for man of the year and who's leading right now? Greatest linebacker to come out of Utah, Kyle Van Noy. Out of film Patriots. Kyle Van Noy is leading right now, by the way. and I've BYU tweet, boyfriend. I've retweeted a few of his things to help him and support him in his quest to become man of the year. Wishing him the best. Kyle Van Oy, if you're listening. Thanks for all you do for Patriots. <laughs> oh, weird. Uh, <laughs> back to where we started. Yeah, I don't know how we got over this far. Uh, the net rankings are important. Utah State has some big opportunities this week to move up, to get back into discussion as a top 25 team in America. Um. Can they do it? Is Sam Merrill healthy enough? Is Nimish Keta healthy enough to get Utah State there? South Florida, not real high in the net rankings. They're just outside of 200. Um, and Florida, they're in the, what's, what did I say? They're in the 70s? Yep. So they're going to be gunning for Utah State because it'll be good, look good for them if they get those wins. Hey, by the way, breaking off from Bruce Feldman, uh, Graham Harrell, the offensive coordinator for USC, is going to be staying at USC. Yeah, there was some talk that he might go to Texas. Well, yeah, there was a lot of talk that he was just going to flush the staff and restart again, Coach Helton was. But Graham Harrell, dude, that's not good for a lot of teams who were aiming for that guy. All right, uh, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, I had a conversation with Tipa Naliai. Aj, you'll get a chance to hear that. Did you, by chance, let me ask you something. If I gave you $1,000, would you egg his house? No. 
For $1,000? No, I'm afraid of him. He's a big dude. I mean, I'll let you run, dude. I don't know if I can get you a getaway vehicle, but I'll let you run. I did not bring up uh, egging of his house oh. in our conversation. That's probably a good idea. He probably would have killed you. No. Uh, he's going back home. Uh, he grew up just less than an hour away from where they're bowling. So uh, exciting moment for him to go uh, back to Texas to play a game to kind of close out his college football career. I had a chance to catch up with him. You'll hear that. Uh, and there's the NFL had an interesting weekend. Just a few games left of the regular season. What did the playoff picture look like now? As it continues to change a little bit week to week, uh, but still become it's starting to become a little bit more clear as to who's in and who's out. But still, a lot of things could change. So all that's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press here, Ozzie Salveson. 5.33 your time here on a Monday, December 16th. Already halfway through the month and already halfway to the end of the year. Can you believe that here as we end the 2019 year? Now, by the way, uh, we are going to be doing best. Okay, so we're not going to do, because people do like moments of the year, right? Sports moment of the year, game of the year, team of the year. Eric and I are going to be putting together a list of the decade. So since 2010, think about all the great teams. All right, maybe the top Five athletes of this decade. Uh, maybe best championship team. And we're also going to hopefully put a local taste into it as well. All right, a little local flavor for you guys to put into it. Uh, but uh, we'll be working on that towards the end of the year. Can't wait to uh, put it on our decade list. I can't believe it's, man, already there. Unreal. All right, Utah State, Kent State, Frisco Bull. Or the tropical smoothie Frisco Bowl in uh, in Frisco, Texas, about thirty minutes outside of Dallas, just on the fringe of it, uh, where the Aggies will take on the Kansas State Golden Flash Friday night at five thirty Mountain Time. Don't forget your pregame three thirty Mountain Time on six ten AM KVNU. Where, by the way, we won't just have pregame and postgame, but we'll have the game itself, the whole entire game itself on KVNU. So you'll be all at 3.30, you'll hear from Eric Franson, Al Lewis, Craig Hislip, Brown, Bohm. You'll hear the game in its entirety, and then after the game, you'll hear from Eric Franson, Ryan Bohm, Al Lewis, and hopefully Hislop, and you'll be able to get a breakdown of the game after, and you'll be able to share your thoughts and call in. A uh, really cool thing that we're doing here uh, at the Catchfly Radio Network, our program director, Will Philwright, did an incredible job putting that together. We thank him so much for his help. Can't wait. So on Friday, which means, by the way, since that is happening, we will not have a show on 1069 The Fan. So, again, no show on Friday of the Full Court Press. We want you, our listeners, to be tuned in on 2KVNU on 6 a.m. to hear the pregame, the game, and the postgame. All, uh, it's a Utah State Aggie Day, and uh, it's a big bowl game. And uh, Jordan Love's final one, David Woodward's final one, uh, Savon Scarver, Siosi Mariner, Caleb Rett. It's all their final game uh, for the 
for their Utah State Aggie careers. And and by the way, again, if you've missed it, if you've missed it, uh, David Woodward has declared for the NFL draft. So he, along with Tipa Nollier, or it's not Tipa, excuse me, along with uh, Jordan Love, will be uh, heading out to uh, participate in the NFL Combine and then Pro Day, which will be in March. And uh, and as well as uh, other NFL f- festivities. Now, whether they'll play in the, like, the, in the uh, Senior Bowl or the uh, East-West Shrine Bowl, anything like that will be yet be determined. By the way, Dominic Everly is playing in the East-West Shrine Bowl, so he'll be there. But as far as anybody else, we are yet to hear from. Speaking of final games, it's also a final game for Tipanali, as we've already mentioned. And uh, first of all, here's the first thing. This is uh, via the USU Football Twitter account uh, about Tipanali headed home for his last game as an Aggie. This is pretty cool. Watch this. Or listen to this, I should say. Not watch. Check this out. Started my football career in Texas just when I was a little kid and I loved the sport ever since and as well as every other kid, being a football player was their dream. As they say in Texas, football is a religion. I believe it, I've seen it, I've looked up to guys that played before me and I've had the opportunity to come here and play Utah State to go back to Texas and finish my life, to play my last game there in Frisco, Texas in BFW Metro Blanks, right in my backyard. Taking the game back there so they can watch me play and see the person I have become. Tipanale will be making his final appearance as an Aggie back home in Texas. In fact, when Coach Anderson was asked about that the uh, last Friday in his press conference, he said, yeah, there, he goes, I can imagine how many ticket requests have been coming uh, from family members to players to be able to see their kids play. Uh, whether it's a nephew, whether it's uh, whether they're the nephew of the family, whether they're the, uh, the brother or the son or whatever, it, there's a lot of ticket requests coming to these kids uh, from family members and friends who want to come see them play, and Tipanali is definitely one of them. I can imagine only how high that list has been. So in saying all that, Eric France was able to catch up with Tipa Nolly himself, and let's play for you that entirety of his interview with Tipa Nolly and Eric Franson here on the Full Court Press. Tipa Nolly, I gets a chance to go home for a bowl game, and uh, Euless, Texas, is what maybe an hour away from Frisco, less than an hour. Yeah, it's about you know thirty minutes away, probably maybe forty. So depending on who's driving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, which family member is driving, you know. If it's my dad, he'll, they'll get there in like 20 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So what does this mean for you? I mean, an opportunity at your last game in an Aggie uniform uh, to go play out in a bowl game where you're going to have a lot of family close by to come see you play. That's going to be cool that you get a chance like that. Yeah, and, you know, it's my last game. It's, uh, it's something I'll never get back, and I, I'm happy to end it, you know, in front of my family and friends out there. And It's exciting to have family that, you know, probably couldn't have made it out here to Logan or wherever wherever else we played. But, you know, happy to play in my backyard and have the family come out and see me. 
Does that add any extra pressure to you, or just like this makes it a lot more fun for this kind of a game? Um, probably the young me, uh, I'd be, I'd be kind of have a lot of pressure, you know, a little bit nervous. But now it's it's fun. It's fun. I can't wait to, to you know, to showcase my talents in front of them one more time on this this stage, and you know, one more time with my brothers as well. So. So uh, last game for a lot of these seniors, um, and who knows, well, Jordan, he's not a senior, but it'll be his last game in an Aggie uniform too. So for those guys, those of you that it's, it's your last chance uh, to, to play out and, and represent the school, I guess what does it mean to you and how does it represent kind of the journey that you've had to, to get to this point where it's kind of this college career is now coming to an end? Um, man, there's a, it's a long long journey that I have been through uh, my college career and leading up to my college career as well but uh, I, I want people to see you know the young kids to see that you can do this anybody can do this no matter what the circumstance is you can find a way to achieve what you want to achieve here in college and academics and in football as well so. nice so when looking at Kent State uh, scouting them this is a team that's got a spread offense very mobile quarterback. He leads the team in rushing. What do you see? Let's talk specifically about their quarterback and kind of the threat that he poses to you guys defensively. Um, you know, they, they have a really great offense. Uh, they they run plays that that we can stop, and they also run plays that we've struggled with stopping this year. So uh, the emphasis this this week is and next week as well is just to really hone in, you know, prone into what we have in front of us and. Yes, their their quarterback is he's a good player as well, and we, we've game planned uh, around him and uh, for him. So, well, I'm happy to execute those those plans, man. It's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun game. In, in preparing for a team that has a spread offense, does that give you a little bit more space to work, and how they kind of move spread things out? It gives a little more opportunity for a guy like yourself. Yeah, um, I feel like uh, our DC and our head coach and. As well as the other defensive coaches there, they're helping us, you know, have fun, you know, be more free, you know, play a little bit more loose, and you know, just fly around over there. And so they they have plays set up for basically every position group uh, on the field to to make a play. And so we can. Nice. Um, this is uh, this is also a team that has two running backs, a little bit smaller guys, five mm-hmm. seven, five nine. Um, they don't carry the ball as much as the quarterback, but they can be mobile. They can be a little bit shifty. What do you guys see in them so far? Um, we just going to have to wrap up. That's one thing that we've, uh, I myself as well, we, we've all kind of messed up on this season. And there's no better way to end the season than, you know, proving that you've fixed your mistakes. So uh, the biggest thing with the running backs is to wrap up once we got a chance. The, the play will be there. The coaches have designed the plays for us to make, so it's just us to execute and wrap up and bring them to the ground. Last question: There's been obviously a lot of talk lately about a teammate going to the next level, but for you, have you heard any uh, talk about what your opportunities may be playing at that next level? Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've I hear a lot, you know, and um, it's. It's quite uh, surreal to me, you know. It's something that, as a young kid, I didn't, you know, couldn't even imagine how it was, or what it would be like. 
and yeah, I'm just almost there. I can just I just got to keep going, keep finishing, finish strong with this team. And you know, I, if I keep doing what I'm doing, if I execute even even more, uh, you know, it, it'll the chance will be there. The opportunity will be bigger for me. So I'm excited as well as my other teammates as well. All right, T. Penale, best of luck at the bowl game, and thanks so much for what you've done in Aggie uniform. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you to Eric and Tipa for putting that together. That's a great interview right there. It's a great job by Eric, too. Really personable. Uh, fun to hear. You know, Tipa's one of those guys who, when you, when you, I don't know, the first time I walked up to interview Tipa, I think I went to his waist. Maybe. Because he had cleats on, so he was cheating. So it actually might have been like his thigh. But he had the deck. I mean, he just looked like this monster, but he was the most kindest, polite human being. Uh, and he really is like that. Unless you wake his house, then he's then he's pretty mean. Um, but again, Tipa, what what a career he's had. I nobody will ever forget his pick six versus BYU, right? Tanner Mangum rolling out, he wants to throw it to the flat, and Tipa leaps up, grabs it with his two big paws, and then takes it back for six points. Just set the tone for the rest of the night for the Aggies in their dominating win over BYU. I think you know that's what I remember about Tipa. Him, you know, coming out in the scene really against Michigan State. He had a great game against Michigan State. This year was a little bit different. You know, people knew about Tipa, so they doubled him a lot. They sent a little bit different cover, or I guess blocking at him. And uh, he, had a, he had to find new ways. And, and it actually opened up uh, new opportunities for other players to step up and make plays. Kevin Metzenheimer was one of those guys. Uh, obviously, David Woodward had a field day. So, I mean, the numbers weren't what they were maybe last year, but he was just as effective um, behind those numbers. Something that we usually don't, I mean... If you're looking at stats, you aren't going to see. Really quickly, uh, we were just talking about all-star game participants in their uh, in honorary bowls. Uh, Dominic Eberle, as we already mentioned, will be in the East-West Shrine game. Uh, Gerald Bright will be in the Hula Bowl. Uh, The 5'10", 190 senior will uh, participate in that. Savon Scarver uh, has not been, or at least there's no invite as of right now. I'm sure that will change here in, in a matter of days for as uh, as will for uh, Jordan Love, too. I wouldn't be surprised if he went and, and participated in some kind of bowl just to kind of get his stock up a little bit more if he, if he decides to. Um, but again, uh, I mean, the Combine, the Pro Day in March, it's all going to be huge for, for any of those guys who participate. It was packed last year. I remember last year it was Full. It was amazing. I've, I've never been to a pro day before either, and having a chance to go there was 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 something really really cool. All right, take a break. Coming back, we'll get you uh, more Utah State Aggie football talk here on the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press weekday afternoons from four to six on Sports Talk Radio, one hundred six nine FM, thirteen ninety AM. The Fan. <laughs> Ozzy South here on the Full Court Press. We get ready to wrap up a Monday edition of the Full Court Press. A reminder again. We're going to remind you throughout the week until you're sick of hearing it, and then we'll remind you some more. No show on Friday. Again, it's going to be all on 610 AM KVNU with your pregame for the bowl game of the uh, Tropical Smoothie Frisco Bowl uh, of Utah State versus Kent State. Pregame begins at 3.30 with Al Lewis, Ryan Bohm, Eric France, and Craig Hislop. Postgame after... The game, which, by the way, you'll hear on the air, live on KV, and you'll hear the whole entire game in its entirety, and then you'll come back and stay on that same station, you'll get the post game with Ryan Bohm, Eric Franson, Craig Hislop, and Al Lewis again, and share in your thoughts for what we hope is the Utah State 
eighth win to cap off the 2019 football season. Uh, really quickly, again, USU men's basketball, they fall 68-64 to BYU over the weekend. They now get ready for South Florida on Wednesday night at the Toyota Center, home of the Houston Rockets, and fly across the country to Florida near the swamp where they'll take on the Florida Gators in Miami. Uh, Utah State right now 10-2 and on the year, and then finally they'll come back home for a little bit to face Eastern Oregon on the 28th before back on the road to begin Garfield's play on New Year's Day versus the UNLV Rebels. Speaking of which, it's time for your This Week in the Mountain West with Nate Craigman. This is your Mountain West basketball update with Nate Craigman. Big-time double-double from Carlton Bragg on his birthday in New Mexico. Beats New Mexico State Saturday at the pit. 36-33 New Mexico. Jackson on the drive. Jackson to the rim. Jackson lays it in past McCann's. It's the Vance Jackson show. Wobos by five. Robert Portnoy from Outfront Sports. Bragg turns 24 and goes for 17 points and 17 rebounds on the same day. 69-62 the final. Lobos sweep the season series from New Mexico State. They're a perfect 7-0 with the pit. Air Force heads up the road to the University of Denver and gets a nice win Saturday. A.J. with it. Pass right side to Morris. Into Swan. Catch layup. Good. Morris found Swan and he had the angle. 76-70 Air Force. 116 left in the game. Jim Arthur from Learfield IMG College. Swan 16 points. A.J. Walker 19. Falcons win at 79-75. They've won three of their last four. Boise State has no trouble whatsoever with Alabama State Saturday at Extra Mile Arena. Hobbs, Dennis, great ball movement. Alston, right side, three-pointer, good! Derek Alston with another Mountain America three. He has five threes himself at 69-34, and that time everybody touched it and everybody moved the ball quickly. Bob Beeler from Learfield IMG College. Broncos with a blowout win, 100-57. Derek Alston, 31 points. He's the leading scorer in the Mountain West. Speaking of easy wins, Fresno State handles Cal Poly 62-37. Grimes an up fake at the right elbow, drives past Caroma, swings it to the corner. Williams out to the wing for Holland, who drains the three. Anthony Holland delivers after great ball movement by the Dogs. Paul Leffler from Learfield IMG College. Nate Grimes, a career-high 23. Women's hoops, Colorado State takes care of Mississippi Valley State 65-46 Saturday. Mayan Ham a season-high 17. And that's your Mountain West basketball update. I'm Nate Kreckman. Thank you, Nate. Now we get you ready to re or excuse me, to put a cap on the show and call it a night. It's Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, the fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Obviously, Alex here on the Full Court Press. We put a bow on this one and call it a night on here on a Monday. Thanks for joining us. A very exciting week of uh, the show ahead of you. Uh, we'll be getting you ready for USU with South Florida on Wednesday night. We'll get you ready on Thursday for Utah State, Kent State, for Friday night's bowl game in the Frisco Bowl. We'll get you ready uh, for Utah Jazz basketball as well. That's going on throughout the week. Again, no show Friday, so we got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to get you all done for you. And don't forget, a slate of good bowl games coming up on Saturday, including a dandy of a one with Washington versus Boise State. Chris Pearson in his final game going against his former squad where he built it and built it to an absolute tower, an empire that not even the best of Power 5 teams could take down. Right? Teams like Georgia, Votech, 
uh, Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. A lot of memories are going to be springing to that one. A lot of the nostalgia on Saturday afternoon. We'll have it all as a preview coming up here on the Full Court Press. For Eric Francis, for Tipanale, for Nate Craigman, I'm Audrey Salison. A very big thank you for joining us here on the show. We'll see you on Tuesday night.